Today's episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast is brought to you by the Visual Identity Vault. The Visual Identity Vault is the official merchandise supplier for the greatest people you've never met. You can pick up the basics like t-shirts, hoodies, to headwear, and premium wear. The Visual Identity Vault is a full-service decorated apparel and marketing business located in my hometown of Fairmont, Minnesota. Shipping is included in all pricing, so we make it simple to order, pay, will produce, and ship. TVIV, a proud sponsor of the GPY and M Pod. Welcome in to another episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Joining me today. Uh, waiting for me today because shout out daylight savings time and Zoom not moving the time for us, Mister Jonathan Darling. Jonathan, how you doing? Good, Bennett. Uh, yeah, man, daylight savings time it sucks, dude. Like I'm ready for it to be done. Let's vote it out, Tennessee. Come on, come on, Tennessee. Let's go. Yeah, um, I love it here a little bit in Arizona because, like I said, told you I don't ever have to think about it anymore. It's just gone, right? right? Gone from my yep. brain. Um, it's nice during football season because then, like, games start at 10 in the morning. But we have to adjust to the rest of the world because then by the end of the year, games are starting at 11. But it's just a nuisance of a thing. So I appreciate you being patient with me, man, while I hustled down here to get this rolling. Yeah, man, for sure. You know, I once heard this saying, I don't know, you maybe heard it before, but, like, patience is a virtue. Yeah. You know, and gosh, man, like, if we can't be patient about stuff like this to be able to come on a podcast and have a chat and like, gosh, what, what can't you be patient for? I know. Right. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you so much for one, taking time out of your day to be here with me Two, to, I mean, obviously, like I said, be on the pod and then, uh, you know, like I said, be patient with me. Um, but you're probably the first one. So I'm going to give the intro as your bio, because you're probably the first person who's got a real bio here for me to read. So the love and leadership guy, number one, LinkedIn motivator, two time author, Jonathan Darling. I, what else? How else should I add to that? Oh, man. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a husband. I'm a father. Um the writer part, yeah, that's cool. Um, I once walked 24 hours with a Navy SEAL out in the woods. Um, that's nonstop intense. Nonstop type of dude. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, that's that all sounds right, I guess. Yeah. No, so for those of you uh, listening that don't know who you are, uh, give yourself a quick intro outside of husband, dad, uh, all that good stuff. Who is who is Jonathan Darlin in a nutshell? Yeah, man. Um, you know... I've been in the industrial automation packaging industry for um, almost 15 years now and really started to develop this passion for leadership and, and wanting to help show people that there was a way to lead and to really care for people and to encourage them and lift them up. And um, that, that by doing those things that we can, we can change the way that we do business and, and we can ultimately change the way that we serve customers. And so, man, that just took me on this journey to, um, writing a lot and then getting opportunities to speak and, um, started chasing that passion of, of being a speaker and, and those things. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a business guy, I'm a speaker and I'm a motivator and, um, you know, just, just my whole goal is to help people become better and learn how to lead with love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you don't, if you are active on LinkedIn, I highly suggest you give Jonathan a follow cause it's, it's good posting stuff. Um, it's just good stuff, right? You have great content. Um, and so I think that's important in, I think well, you posted something the other day how you love showing the importance of LinkedIn. Uh, not that I want to like make yep. this a LinkedIn podcast, but let's start there because that's how we connected <clears throat> uh, through Brian Porter and then through LinkedIn. But Porter, um, if you, what's your? I mean, so like, I think LinkedIn is definitely since I lived moved to a metro, right? It's become a bigger thing mm. of my professional life a uh, good way to connect with people like doing cold calls right like let's find out right. who's working there all that stuff there's so many valuable assets to linkedin uh but for you uh what what do you love most about linkedin and being in that space 
Yeah. You know, I started really, really investing in LinkedIn during COVID and really just was like, okay, if I've been in business development, my pretty much my entire career before I got into the packaging industry, I was a personal trainer and all this stuff. And so everything was always about getting clients. Right. And so when COVID happened, it was one of those things where it was just like, well, how can I continue to create and build the relationships that I need to with my customers and then find new customers when I can't go out and do anything? So I started dabbling on LinkedIn a little bit. And what was interesting is as I started investing more time into LinkedIn, I really identified that that LinkedIn is an incredible tool to really be able to become familiar with your prospective customers and, and, and build an audience. And, and, and what I also found was while there's this idea that LinkedIn is just this professional social media site, you know, and it's just got to be professional stuff, really what people are dying for and, and lots of professionals are seeing people who are incredibly successful at their craft or somebody who's chasing that dream or doing that thing that doesn't necessarily just line up with the, the nine to five paradigm that, that, that we've created. And they see people being like, no, I can be successful at my day job and chase this thing and do this. Right. And, and so it, it was just a place that allowed me to really start sharing some of my ideas and, and man, the, the community that I've met, the people that I've met on LinkedIn are absolutely incredible. Porter being one of those guys that I met through LinkedIn and now obviously being connected to you. And, you know, my favorite thing to do, which is a little bit different, uh, that I was, I was showing these people in this training is like, when I connect with someone, you know, oftentimes, and what I'll do is go back through all of my connections, my most recent connections and just make videos and send them a video and be like, Hey Bennett, what's going on, man? Cool meeting you. Thanks for connecting. Hey, if you ever want to hop on a zoom call, get to know each other more, let me know. Yeah. Happy, happy Tuesday. And, and dude, people are like, yeah, let's, let's hop on a zoom call. And, and it, and it's just, I, I just think it's a really incredible tool people can use to, um, connect to their target market and connect to incredible peers and people that they can learn and grow from. For sure. And I think it's funny that you say that. Cause like, I mean like anybody on LinkedIn, people are always sending like, Hey, I have a job offer perfect for you. Right? Like there is recruiters nonstop, no matter what you're doing. And so the, I'm perfectly happy in my situation right now, but when I get a recruiter that like re actually reads my bio, uh, where they're like, Hey, you have a podcast. That's so cool. It's like, Hey, you're not a robot. Right. And like, it's such an easy space. I feel to set yourself apart with just minimal effort. And then you can really make it work for you as you dive in and learn the space. Yeah, man, I've gotten meetings with people that I probably would have never been able to get meetings with. I've, you know, I've, um, gotten consulting projects that have paid really, really well outside of my day job. Yeah. Um, I've gotten speaking opportunities. I've, it it was, I was asked to co-author the, the first book that I was a part of. I got asked to co-author a book because of the stuff that I was putting on LinkedIn. And I, I just look back and I go, man, because of my willingness to just put myself out there and just, and, and look, I, man, I'm not the, like the share your voice and all that stuff. Like yeah. it's not, it's not from that context. Right. It's just like, look, like I have a point of view when it comes to business and how I view how we should treat the people we work with and for and serve. And so I'm going to share that because it's allowed me to, to go from being a poor kid living in Indiana and, and having to have a job at 12, helping to pay bills to being able to provide a life for my family that gosh, it's, it's, it's more than I could ever, ever dreamed of. Yeah, absolutely. It just takes, I mean, it's, it's awesome to hear you say that because I mean, my whole identity behind this pod when I started was like, take the leap, right? Like I'm 31 now and I see just like you, all kinds of people that are absolutely killing it in the world by making content. But if you're not making any content, guess what? You're not going to have a chance to kill it. And I've realized real quick, like, I don't know that monetarily investing in this is something or, you know, gaining from this is something that I want, but 
you know, personally, I've been able to connect with so many great people and then share the stories of people that I love, you know, and I'll have these yep. conversations forever. Right. So that's so big to me. Um, but like in just to attest to the power of LinkedIn, I've gotten a bunch of guests on this podcast because of LinkedIn, because it, you're yep. right. Like just reach out. People are always seeing their stuff. There's definitely people that I've shot shots to on LinkedIn that I do not think or am not waiting for a, a answer back. But if you don't ask, you know, the answer is always no. Bro, I'm going to give you the best example of this. Best example. So uh, my wife and I in 2019, we were talking about, hey, we want to, we, we think we want to adopt. Like this is something we had really been thinking about, but we had wanted <laughs> Really, my little cousin was not in a great situation. He's my second cousin and he's, you know, he was a little kid and he was just not in a great situation. We were like, man, we really want him. So we end up getting him and we get him and we have our two daughters of our own. We have dogs, we have all this stuff and our house just wasn't big enough for all of us. And then COVID hits and I'm working from home. Right. And we're like, what are we going to do? I don't have an office, anything. We love our neighborhood, all of this stuff. And I was like, you know what, babe? I think I'm just going to write handwritten notes to all of our neighbors on the opposite side of the street that have basements and just see if they'll sell us their house. And my wife was like, none of their houses are for sale. Like why? Like there, nobody's going to, I'm like, babe, if I don't ask the answer is no, right. No matter what. So I wrote handwritten notes to every single person. And right now I'm sitting in a basement on the opposite side of the street, 25 feet away from my front door. All you have to do is ask like, like that meeting, that opportunity, whatever that is, is literally on the other side of you asking enough people until you get to. Yes. Jesse Itzler. Have you ever heard of Jesse Itzler? I don't believe so. No, bro. Look him up. Jesse Itzler's awesome. He's married to Sarah Blank, uh, Blakely, who created Spanx and Jesse Itzler, like lived with a Navy SEAL. He's awesome, dude. Awesome entrepreneur. And I can't tell you how many messages that I've still sent him asking if he'll be my mentor and the answer is still no, but I keep asking. Eventually he's going to get tired of the LinkedIn messages. Right. <laughs> you know, but just ask, just do it. Just For go. sure. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty euphoric feeling too. When somebody's like, absolutely. Because at the, no matter what or how you view somebody else at the end of the day, it's just another person. And they more than likely realize that too. They don't, most people, contrary to popular belief, don't view themselves as something special. Like they're just, hey, I'm just a guy, I'm just a gal, and I work hard and I got to here. Like that's it, right? But if you asked for, you know, to talk 15, 20 minutes, boom, most people would be like, absolutely. Because they want to connect too, right? They want to grow. So it's pretty, that's a, I mean, that's also an incredible story about your house. I mean, I've heard of like similar situations, right? Like in this crazy housing market, especially like out here in Scottsdale where people were like writing letters to like, Hey, you know, we're a family, like trying to get the house, right? Like a lot of times that doesn't work. So good on you guys. That's incredible. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, like dude, my, my entire life has just been (laughs) taking chances and just, I mean, why not? Like that's why not? Why not us? Why not me? Why, why can't, why wouldn't they say yes? For sure. My wife says I'm an obnoxious optimist and I love it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm going to, that's what we'll tag this one. Obnoxious optimist. Yeah. Uh, So before we get, I want to ask you, uh, you know, a lot about leadership and stuff, but let's talk a little bit about the books because I think it's a, a, another special place. I've had some other authors, on this podcast, um, you know, Sam Gallenberger, who writes, you know, like some extreme like fiction stuff, whatever. And then are like story novels. And then Ross Bernstein who's from my hometown, big time sports author, you know, and then now with you where it's like business tailored stuff. So you got asked to co-author the first book, which was titled what? Uh, it was titled Living Kindly. And it was a compilation of uh, several writers sharing stories about, um, how to, how to live kind. And, and my, my chapter of the book was actually titled micro moments, massive impact, because I say, I hate random acts of kindness. I hate the idea of random acts of kindness. I think it's absolutely ridiculous because 
if we're randomly kind at random times to random people, then who are we the rest of the time to everybody else? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And so, so my whole thing is about, no, like I believe that we're always presented with these small moments to make a massive impact in somebody's life if we just choose to, but just being kind to them in, in the everyday moments and interactions that we have. So wrote that one, man. And, and I'd been writing articles and some of this different stuff and dude, it, it sparked a, it sparked a thing in me. I was like, man, I got to write more. And then I, I wrote uh, a packaging sales book Yeah, and you know, and uh, I'm actually doing a revision on it and I'm currently writing a leadership book. So yeah, man, it's crazy. Very cool. So when you got asked, you were just writing small articles, had a book kind of been like the pipeline dream. Yeah. Like I'd kind of thought about it. Like, because I enjoyed writing sure. and I was like, man, yeah, maybe one day, but like, I, I didn't think it happened. <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't think it happened as soon as it did. Yeah. yeah, for sure. What was that first process? Like, I mean the first time for anything, right? Like it's, it's a whirlwind of emotions for sure. I'm sure. But for you, like as something that kind of just started and then it's like, yeah, I think I could do this. And Hey, you want to write a book with us? You know? Yeah. I, I remember the phone call. Um, I remember the phone call when I got it and, uh, um, Lee called and, and she was like, Hey, um, you know, I, I've been reading some of your stuff on LinkedIn and, and I'd, I'd love for you to contribute. And, and I, I was like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. Like totally dope. I'm, I'm in. Right. Yeah. And of course I'm in. And I remember getting on the first Zoom call with all the other authors and hearing everybody else speaking and going, what the hell am I doing on this call? Like, what am Right. They were all so smart, man. And, you know, but just realizing, like, you know, they were people. And, you know, the first time I, I sent my my chapter draft off to the editor and, and got it sent back and, you know, it, it really helped me which was interesting because it happened. And then I, I just happened to decide to enroll myself back in uh, to school for my MBA. And I was like, all of a sudden I, I had started going through this process with the editor of like really learning how to write and learning how to share my story more succinctly and more eloquently. <laughs> and, and, and so it kind of let in, but yeah, man, it, it was, you know, I've always been just, a, Oh, it pops into my brain and I write it type guy. Right. And man, having to go back over and over again was like, it just, it just beats you down. Like it, it gets you a little bit. Like you got, you got to have some mental fortitude with it. Cause you're like, I'm tired of reading this thing and changing it. Yeah, but for sure. Now, I, I mean, it's, it. it's also, it's always just so interesting to hear, especially that first book um, story. Not like talking to authors was something obviously I never did before this, but uh, Sam Gallenberger actually played football for me. I coached him and then he got into it and like, he kind of like you. And then Ross Bernstein, he was the, the hockey mascot for the Minnesota golden Gophers. And his first book was, you know, uh, hot Minnesota Gophers through the eyes of Goldie and just a unique take. And it yeah. took off. Right. So it's interesting. So then when you jumped into like the first book by yourself, was it like, I mean, it's, what is it? Double your sales in 10 months, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, double your sales in 12 months. Yeah. The stupid, simple playbook for packaging reps. Yeah. So yeah. was this like, hey, this is what I know the most about and I want to write and get it out there and I know this space or what was the thought process going in on that? Yeah, I would love to tell you that it was that thought out, dude. Uh, <laughs> it was not at all. Like I actually, um, uh, <laughs> I actually was like, uh, wanting to create an online course okay. of, uh, an online sales course, uh, around the sales strategy that I had used in to basically build my career and, um, and had tested in multiple different in avenues. And so I was like, you know, I, I want to share this with people because I, th I think, I mean, it literally can, it can double your sales in 12 months if you follow it properly. And right. And so I was like, man, I just kind of want to share this with people and maybe see if there's a way like that. Like I was thinking like, man, I'd love to retire my wife. She's a nurse. And so I created this course, I created a script. And so I'm, I made the course. I mean, it's, it's live online now. And I made the course and, and when I got done, I looked at my script and I was like, 
I think this could be a book. There you go. And, you know, the whole book, it, because the book starts out and it's talking about, I was drinking bourbon on a Friday night. Uh, my wife and kids were out of town and I was probably a few bourbons in, probably one one or two more in than what I should have by that point in the evening. Yeah. And uh, I turned on my favorite movie for some reason, because I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I love the movie Moneyball. Yeah. And it was probably my 17th time watching Moneyball. And literally it gets to the part where Jonah Hill's like going through like his player evaluation. And he was like, yeah, I did 48 of them. I don't know why I lied then. And he started talking about finding that ideal player and all this stuff. And all of a sudden the entire way that I had sold, that I had built ideal customer profiles that I built uh, the account mapping strategy that I would use, whether with a new or, or current existing account, all this stuff, dude, it just, it was like a light bulb moment and it clicked and I ran downstairs and I just started writing everything. And that's how I actually developed the, the ability to like train what I was doing to the people that I was leading at that point. And, and when we did that, we jumped from 8 million in sales to, uh, over, over 46 million in sales in over two years. Wow. And so I was like, I was like, Oh, so then I, I you know, I want to share that. And so, you know, the book kind of lines that out of like, look, this is the, it's really the money ball approach and this is where it comes from. And that's what I did my script on. And, and so I just kind of filled in, filled it in with some more stories and then was like, I'm going to make it an ebook. I made it an ebook and then, turn it into an Amazon print on demand. And I've sold a, I don't know, two or 300 copies. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not a New York time bestseller yet, but right. But like, bro, 200, uh, like almost 300 people have bought a book about selling and packaging. Like that's crazy. Absolutely. It is. Especially when it's yours. I know that feeling so well. I mean, the first time that I saw the metrics on this podcast, I'm like, how many people take time out of their lives to listen right? to me? Like, yeah, it's man. incredible. It is. It's a great feeling because then it's like it just it's a little bit of added purpose. Right. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter if you have one fan or a million fans. Like if somebody's gaining from it, that should be your premise on on anything you do is like, hey, can somebody yeah. else benefit from this? And if so, I'm going to go all in. Yeah. And that, and, I, and I think we miss that sometimes, Bennett. Like, you know, I remember like honestly before I went and walked 24 hours with the Navy SEAL like in 2016 I I like I questioned a lot of my uh future and like what was capable and all that stuff and I and and like even back then I was writing articles here there but I, I didn't really have a lot of confidence in my writing or anything like that and I had talked about like oh, maybe one day I'll write a book but oh, what would I write about and I remember my wife going Hey, you know, if you wrote your book and there was just one person who's, who was like, this changed my life, would it be worth it? 10,000. And she was like, and I was like, yeah, of course it would. And she was like, then what are you waiting for? And then it still took me another three and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. But you're absolutely right. And I think that is lost on a lot of people. I mean, let's be real. The space that most of us live in looks totally different to the outside world as it does the inside, right? Like, there's a lot of people that, you know, fake it on the outside, whatever. But I think any time you can do any kind of servant leadership, that's mm -hmm. that's the ultimate reward, right? Like, out of outside of loving the game of football, that's why I love coaching. It's because I truly know, like, hey, I am, I'm making an impact on people. I'm doing something I love spreading my knowledge and wealth that way. And that, but it's, it's, you're so right, dude. If you could impact one person, would you do it? I, the answer is a thousand percent. Yes. Every time. Yeah. And I, dude, I, I, I forgot that you were a coach. Uh, so I, I coach, uh, my daughter's 12 U travel softball team currently, but I'm also, um, I've also been, um, uh, a football coach uh, the last few years, a youth football coach, and now moving up to into middle school football nice. coaching. And so, dude, I, lo I, I love coaching for that, for that same reason, man. It's like, you know, I'm not a yeller. Like I, I'm, well, I'm a yeller, but when, 
you would just think I'm a crazy person. Cause I'm just a suit. I'm the hype guy, even as our head coach. Right. Like I'm right. like, you'll never hear me undressing a kid. Um, because they made a mistake. I'm going to correct them. I'm going to hold them accountable because I believe in order to be a love centered leader, you have to have accountability. But, but I, you know, it's, you know, people call it constructive criticism. I call it constructive encouragement. Like, look, you can hold them accountable, but I'm holding them accountable to what I know that they're capable of, not what they're currently willing to give. That's a totally different, Correct. you know, and, and, and man, it's, it's just like, to do that and to have been able to earn the privilege to baptize a few of my players and, and to, you know, be the first one that, that, you know, they call when, when they got adopted, like, bro, like that, that's what it's about. For sure. 10,000%. That, yeah. I, I feel like if you're in coaching for any other reason, you're doing it for the wrong reason, right? Like I yep. love I love the game of football more than almost anything. And that's how I give back in I every interview I take, I've taken, I've said, Yeah, I don't care what the pay is, I do it for free. And I true I wholeheartedly believe I, I mean that. And it's I love yep. it and I'm fortunate to have just been brought on at a five A high school and be the offensive coordinator. That's great, right? Like that's Let's super go. right, that's super exciting. But if if I didn't take joy from building the kids up, then what are you doing? Because there's so many, I think the the big thing in the coaching, transactional or transformational, right? Like that's the, the big uh, two sides you go as a coach. But you just see all these people, especially at your levels, where it's way more important, like I'm being real, uh, to be such a, I mean, that's going to make or break that kid's life. Like you, yeah, for you, real. you see all the youth craziness and you see it because it's real, but it's a problem, right? Like, I don't know if you've ran yeah. into those problems as a coach, but bro. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And, and here's the thing too, man. And, and yes, this, this might take a whole different Avenue than what we thought it would <laughs> like as coach, as coaches, we got to freaking step up. Like mm -hmm. we got, we got to start owning, like, I, like, I'm sorry when, this this past year's 10U head coach, uh, I'd been with these young men uh, because I call them young men. Um, they're not they're not boys. They're not kids. I'm not coaching kids. I'm coaching young men. Right. And so that's how we address them. Right. And so you now I've got some of these young men I've been with for uh, a few years now. And and so I call the parents in along with the the players into the parent player meeting. And I was like, look. Um, here's, here's how we roll this year. This is our mantra attitude, effort, compete. Our attitude determines our effort. Our effort determines how we compete and we compete at everything. We compete in every play in every drill at every practice in every game, but we also compete at being the best teammate. We compete at being the best student. We, we compete at being the best at what we do in every area of our life. Now, parents, if your young men are misbehaving in school or they're misbehaving at home. I want to know about it. You don't, you don't miss, you don't step into stupid and then get to come play, play football. Right. That's not how it works, you know? And then I told the parents, Oh, and by the way, I don't care if you don't like what I'm doing with the kids. I don't like if you, I, I don't care if you don't like my play calling of my offensive coordinator. Right. After a game, do not talk to me. Don't talk to me. If you want to talk to me, wait 24 hours. And in 24 hours, then speak to me if it's that important because I actually care about your opinion. It's your son. And I want to make sure that I'm helping coach your son in the best way possible. And if there's something you see that I need to do differently, I'm open to that input. But then I also told him that like, look, here's the deal. If you don't want to be a part of this team, it would break my heart, but I will gladly help you find somewhere else to take your young man. This is, these, these are non-negotiable rules. I love your, I love, I, I love your sons, but this is how, this is how we roll at football. And you know what? I, I had a, a mom who was struggling with her son who brought him to practice and was like, he's being a jerk at home. And, and I said, and he was one of my starters. He was a starting corner and he was, he was a stud. And I said, Hey, 
mom, how many quarters do you want him to sit out? She goes, at least a half. I was like, you heard her, JT. This Saturday at the game, you're out a half. Done. And you know what? That, that young man still comes up and hugs me and 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 calls me when he gets adopted. And you know what I mean? And it, yeah. because it's like we had, bro, we set the culture for these young men of how they're going to start living their lives. And we either show them how to be honorable, respectful, hardworking, hard-hitting young men, or we, we miss a grave opportunity to, to radically change, change their lives. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's incredible stuff. That's powerful stuff. I appreciate you doing that. Cause I know there is no, I mean, there's no, there's hardly a pat on the back at the youth level. So uh, nope. it takes a special person to do it and especially doing it the right way. So I appreciate the heck out of you for that. There is something though that you've brought up a couple times that I want to get into because I just looked over and we've been we're chatting like crazy and I can tell this is going to get away from us quick. Um, your twenty four hour walk with a Navy SEAL. Just walk, yeah. how does that come to be? Walk me through that. What's that like? That kind of stuff. Um, I started reading. Uh, <laughs> I hated reading in like twenty fifteen. I started reading and uh, read this book by a Navy SEAL by the name of uh, Tom Shea, uh, Senior Master Chief and. Uh, his book is called, uh, unbreakable, the, uh, life lessons of a Navy seal. And in the book he talks, uh, it's their letters, uh, that he wrote while he was in Iraq back to his kids, just in case he didn't make it home. And in one of the letters, he talks about going on this, you know, 24 hour walk and how, uh, anybody can come up with, with excuses for anything, but in order to really learn how to honor your word to other people, you first have to honor your word to yourself. So if you commit to something, your yes is a yes. And man, up until that point in my life, that hadn't been the way that I had really lived my life. And so I read this book and I was like, man, this is awesome. Well, in the book at the end, it says that, Hey, you can sign up for the go and walk this 24 hours and do this 24 hour challenge with Tom. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. So I signed up, drove over to Greenville, uh, South Carolina. And, uh, like several months later and, um, yeah, went 18 hours without really feeling like I was like, oh man, maybe this isn't what I thought it was. And then from 18 to 24, like it was just sheer hell. And at the end, man, it, it was like this, it was like this light switch that was like, okay, man, like, you can suffer through just about anything, but whatever you commit to just do it, get it done. And, and man, it, it really kind of opened my eyes to, to what's possible if I just choose that it's done. Yeah. No, for sure. That's such a, such a crazy experience to go through something like that to really learn not like a simple lesson, but I think especially in the business world, we've all been there where there's that one little project, right? Where you're like, ah, I'll take care of it tomorrow. Then tomorrow gets crazy. And then it's Wednesday and you're not, Oh, it's third. You know what I mean? Like, yep. man, I mean, way to force yourself into that. I mean, what was the 24 hour walk? Like, was it like hiking walk or? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so we started, so you start out and like, I, uh, I, what was really cool is, um, and you'll have to be on it. So I do a podcast also. Okay. And uh, so I actually uh, got to interview Tom, the Navy SEAL. Like we've we've stayed in touch and stuff. And it was a cool way for me to just say, hey, thanks for being a catalyst for me, you know, and, and giving, setting the environment for me to be able to, because I, I don't know that without that I'd be here. And, um, but man, you know, you pull up to this thing in this park, there was, there was about seven or eight other people that were there, uh, doing the same thing. And you're just like, okay, this is crazy. And you just start hiking through the woods for like hours and hours. And, you know, uh, we would, you know, take a little break about every, every 50 minutes for about 10 minutes. And, then we'd keep walking and every once in a while you'd circle back around to the vehicles and restock up on some water and food and just head back out. And then once they close, uh, Paris mountain state park, then you're on greenway the re all night long. And it's awful, like awful, 
you know, I was limping, dude. At one point, it was like, it was like six, five o'clock in the morning. And we had started at like nine. So it, it was four or five in the morning. And I remember thinking, I could leave right now. They are, he, and he does it on purpose. He's such a jerk. I love you, Tom. Mm. He, he gives you the t-shirt at the very beginning when you get there. <laughs> wow. Because in my mind, I kept going, I could leave now. I've got the t-shirt. No one would ever know that I didn't complete it. <laughs> but you. But me. Yeah. But I got the t-shirt. Yeah. And he does that crap on purpose, bro. And I'm just like, but you know, I, I, and I did, man, I thought that in, in during that time, honestly, Bennett, I, every mistake I'd ever made in my life, every time I'd quit, every struggle that I had ever been through where I had, I was blaming everybody else for my life was just, just crushing me during that time. Like just John, you're a quitter. You've always been a quitter. You've never stuck anything out, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, just over and over again. But as soon as, as soon as I started seeing the, the sun start cresting up over the trees, man, and, and you could see the sun was starting to come out. Like literally it was, it was the craziest thing. It was, it was a, it was a switch. And I was like, like I can do this. And if I can do this, I can do anything. And and literally yeah. after that was when I just, dude, I started doubling down on making videos and doing all of this stuff because I was like, I, I ain't afraid. I can do anything. I can, I can go through hell and I'm still here. Like, let's, let, what hell, what can I get into? Let's go. And yeah, it was crazy. And why do you think that it, that's not kind of weird that you said that where you're like, I started doubling down on doing everything. So you just went through something tough, right? And I find myself in, in not obviously walking 24 hours. You can look at my body and we know I don't walk for 24 hours straight. But, <laughs> um, like, if I just, like, I, let's, I just have a shitter day, right? And not, yeah. things aren't going my way. But then I get home that night and I put in work on the pods, or I put in work on, on football and I message like trying to get guests or like, it's like something where it's like, I'm going to work harder now because I had such a bad day, which is such a, I don't know. It's such a wild mindset to me because yeah. I'm not just to hear you say that. And then to know like, that's something that I do. Like, why do you think people find themselves like going through hard times or something tough? And that's when we decide I'm going to work harder, man. Honestly, because I, I think we learned that our survival rate is a hundred. Yeah. We've got, think like, I think there really comes a point where, and, and even for me, and it was, it was in that moment, but for me, it was like, you know, I've gone through a, and I'm not done. I'm not going to disqualify. I've gone through a lot of, shit in my life. Right. And I know other people have too, but that doesn't mean that mine didn't stink just as bad. Right. For, Mm -hmm. for me in my, in my time. And bro, I'm still here. Like my survival rates a hundred. Right. So, so for, so for me, you know, it really came to this thing and, you know, my faith, I think plays a big part of it, which is, which is, had started growing, but is, but you know, has even gone more so now of just, of just believing like, man, I'm, I'm okay going through horrible sucky things. And even knowing that there's a chance that I may fail because I'm no longer afraid of not winning in the end. Yeah. Like, so I can, I can have a crap day at work and yeah, I might feel that for a bit, but then I can be like, no, okay. Like, let's roll. Like, all right. Like what's next? Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, you know, doing, doing what Tom says, it's like, look, we, we live by, we live by, um, we don't live by our feelings. We don't, we don't make choices based off of our feelings. You know, we make choices based off of what needs to get done. And yeah, man, I, I, I think it's just that. I think you just learn that like, man, this sucks. Okay. Great. That sucks. Now let's move on and let's make something good. Right. I love it. That's such an interesting. You're absolutely right. I think you're like, I mean, what 
what can I do now? You know what I mean? I guess kind of right. Like I, I lived through that. I, I'm, I'm here to tell about it. Let's go do it. Yeah. Well, think about your podcast, right? Had you ever done a podcast before you did your podcast? No. Are you, are you, and, and this is, this is a big thing. Are you trying to do your podcast or are you podcasting? I'm just podcasting. It's hilarious that you asked that because the first time I love to tell people, if you go back and listen to episode one, I think it's like maybe eight minutes long and it's just me and it's talking about how, like, what, what do I want to accomplish with this? What do I want to do? Right. I stopped. I don't know, a minute 30 into that thing because I was out of things to talk about. I talked so fast. I was so nervous. And I just, and on the way here, I, I had to stop and pick up a couple cans of beer because I was so nervous to talk to nobody. But what was the nerves? It was all of the, all of the doubt from everybody else. What's everybody yeah. else going to say? What Are people going to like this? And then I got to the point where, then I, I was investing because I record out of the studio. And then it was like, man, I'm not making money on this. Like, well, and then it was kind of, you could tell in that period they started to slip again. And then yep. I got to the point where it was like, if I never make a dollar doing this and I just keep putting money into it, I'm cool. Because I get to meet people like you. I get, I know people are listening. I hope I'm helping change somebody's perspective on anything. And now yeah, it's a man. win. Now it's a win. And so I try to do that same thing in my business life. Like out here, you know, I worked for Porter's company when I first moved to Phoenix selling packaging. I didn't, I've never sold packaging in my life. And they say, go cold call. I'm scared. Of shit. I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. And it's yeah, so easy yeah. to tell yourself, stay in the car, stay in the car, stay in the car. It's so hard. You don't knock on that door. What are they going to say? But then you go pull on the door you meet the coolest purchaser you've ever met in your life, and he's pissed at their other guy, so now he wants to talk to you today. And they're just like, yeah, hey. Dude. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what a good call, because you just did it. And I've you had bad did. ones. It doesn't matter, right? Dude, when I when I got into sales selling packaging and janitorial supplies, that was it. I would, I'd gotten a little bit of training and then told, go get them, Tiger. I had no customers. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the things that I used to do, I've I've – I've climbed fences. I've log rolled under dock doors. I've dressed up as singing telegram as a singing telegram guy. I've delivered birthday cakes. I've, I've, I've sent someone a, a, um, a burner phone in a box and called it because they wouldn't answer their own phone. I once stood out of in front of a manufacturing plant with missing person flyers with the dude's face that I was trying to get a meeting with. And I handed them out to every single person who walked in the office that morning until he grabbed one out of my hands with a missing person flyer, his face on it. That's people great. Are, people would tell me I was crazy. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm just not scared to be, to do something nobody else is willing to do right. at this point. Right. Like, I'm it, like, what is there to lose? Like what if you, it, you starting your podcast and let's say no one listens, but it's therapeutic and, and for you and it allows you to share how you feel about certain things. Who cares if anybody else thinks it's a success or not? Right. People have opinions about things when they're doing nothing with what they've been given. I'd rather go in to my grave absolutely spent than have anything left. Right. For sure. For sure. And one of my, you know, it's, I, it's hard, but then once I find myself like, right, I'm kind of feeling like back on, on top a little bit, right? Like I'm back in coaching, doing something I truly love. I'm doing, I loved this so much that I do another one. And so now I've got two pods going and it's like, okay, this is, this is me. And then it's kind of like, Hey, if you're not, doing good people aren't going to talk about you right because why would they why would they they wouldn't even waste the breath to bash you if you weren't doing something that they wish they could yeah <laughs> and, and and that's the thing man I, I look at it like everybody everybody has dreams everybody has a vision that they had at one point in time for their life and what happened was was that somebody whose dream was crushed by somebody whose dream was crushed 
it's their mission, man. They carry around water buckets. They want to throw it on your, on your fire, man. They want to extinguish that thing because you being great means they settled. Yeah. And, and in reality, man, like that, like I say it all the time. Like I, I, most of my comments have the emojis with a, with a gas can dash and a fire. Like, dude, I want to be gasoline to fire for people, bro. Like I I'm, I want to carry around gasoline cans. And when I see people that are like passionate about what they want to do mm-hmm. and they've, they've found those unique gifts, talents, and skills that allows them to serve people the way that they were created to serve people. Like, bro, let's go. The world needs that. Like the world needs this podcast. Right. Why, why wouldn't it? Why would, why wouldn't it? Because dude, like I got to listen to it and I got to learn so much about Porter that connected he and I even, even more. And like Porter's a dude, like I'm a partner and I are starting our own company and, and bro, like Porter had one conversation with him and, and just from LinkedIn and power LinkedIn, just from LinkedIn and getting to know him through packaging. And that's how, that's how I found your podcast. And then the next thing I know he's introducing me to other people. And it's just like, dude, if it wasn't for your podcast, I wouldn't know things about Porter. I wouldn't know you. Right. You're, you're meant to do this, bro. Cause having this conversation, man, this is, this is what, this is what needed to happen right now. For sure. Absolutely. And it's exactly the type of conversations I wanted as much as I love to laugh and have fun. And there's those episodes too. <clears throat> it's great for me to really have something to stand on and be like, yeah, that one, that was powerful. That was impactful. Right. Um, not, and I, and I love it. And I'm so thankful for those connections. Um, but I did want to ask, cause we are cruising, dude. And I, we're probably going to have to do this again. That's cool. Cause we can, um, yeah, bro. I wanted to talk about the Vikings. I'm not a Vikings fan, yeah. but my favorite Notre Dame player plays for them. Harrison. So like I watched, Harrison, bro, Hasey. <laughs> like, so yeah, like I, there was so much stuff. I was like, oh man, this dude and I could talk for a while probably. For sure. And I felt that right out the gate. And if you are listening still, uh, this is the first time we've ever talked in person. So yep. this is a, this is a day one conversation here. I did want to ask you because I find people that seek out good leadership or people that seek to preach leadership I find it very interesting because obviously I'm one of those people. I spent most of my 20s trying to become a good leader um, as I was chasing a dream of coaching football. And when I'm about around bad leadership, it drives me crazy, right? And that's yeah. that's my perspective. Somebody else might be like, that's exactly how you lead. That's fine. So what was it in you that made you want to go out and obviously now you speak to with mm. companies, right? To, Hey, this is how I believe you should lead. So what was it for you to want to jump into that space of, of sharing leadership skills? Man, I had, uh, and it's interesting. I had a, uh, a really poor leader, but he's also someone who taught me a, a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. Um, he was, he was my first boss in the packaging industry and, uh, he was, he was a really good man. He was not a great leader. And there was a lot, a lot of like wanting assimilation and all of these different things. And I, I had made a pretty decent name for myself in the packaging industry and, and in East Tennessee and had caught the attention of a company called, uh, land tech. So the stretch wrappers and all that stuff. Yep. And so they, they recruited me to come work for them and, you know, land tech, Pat Lancaster invented the stretch trapper, right? So I'm going to work for the company that created the stretch wrapping industry. Yeah. And it was, it was awesome. Well, so I left and as I was leaving, it was when I had started doing a lot, like some more writing on leadership and all this stuff. Like I'd started reading more and studying more about leadership and just curious about it. Cause I, I just never felt like someone who was believed in by my boss, even Mm -hmm. though I was crushing it. Right. It was almost like I always had to prove that I was good enough. And, um, and so I'd started writing all these, writing some articles and different things. And so when I left, they, that company and those leaders that, and, and a few of them that I had really looked up to that I thought were friends, Mm -hmm. um, we're making up fake email addresses and writing some of the most horrible and derogatory things about me directly to me on my blog. 
And so they created fake email addresses. These people that once were my leaders and were saying stuff to me, dude, like shut your dumb ass up. You don't know anything about leadership. Like you've never been a leader, like get back to work, all this, like, dude, they were just, and that at that moment, I was like, man, these are people that at one point in my life, I wanted to emulate. Like I wanted to be leaders like them. I wanted to lead companies like them. And it was that, it was really like, gosh, I really need to figure out what, what leadership is and, and what my leadership philosophy is and how I want to make an impact. And, and it, it just became something that I pursued very heavily because I wanted, I never wanted anybody else, especially in the packaging industry. I never wanted anybody else to feel that uh, the way that I felt in that moment because of a leader. Yeah. And man, I've been, you know, and it's crazy because when I started, I was getting, you know, having people make up fake email addresses, right. Saying those horrible things. People would make fun of me. People would make fun of the videos that I would put on, on Facebook. And, and you know what they would tell me, you're never going to be a leader. And in 27, 2018, I launched the first ever impact Knoxville leadership conference where I called up a bunch of people and was like, Hey, I can't pay you, but do you want to come and speak on leadership at a conference that we're going to charge people to come to. And then we're going to donate all of the money to a nonprofit. And then I'm speaking at universities and then we, uh, we do another impact Knoxville and raise more money for a nonprofit. And then I'm, you know, going and speaking for planet fitness and, and Moorhead state university and all, and all of a sudden, like I'm doing all of the things that they once made fun of me and said that I wasn't doing all while I was still leading a high performing team. And it was just, it just became a mission, man, to show people like you can love people and you can care about them. And, and you don't have to wait for a leadership position to be a leader. You just need to be someone who cares about the person beside them and, and wants to help bring out the best in them. And, and you can do that anywhere. And when you start doing that, the byproduct of that is your influence is going to grow with the people around you. And eventually you're going to be the leader of them anyway, because you already are. Absolutely. God, that's good stuff. That's, <clears throat> that's a clip, man. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that's, I mean, it's just powerful stuff. It, it's it kind of came full circle for a minute there, right? Like, they, I mean, people had to hide. They couldn't even tell you to their face that they didn't believe in you. They had to hide. Behind yeah, and you know, and I've and I've made cool with all of them now. Like I've for gone, sure. Like I've gone to lunch with them all, and and like literally, I've said, "Look, like this hurt. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you for helping me be able to find my what I believe is what I was put on this earth for was to to share this." to share this message of how we can lead and really impact people's lives for the better because of, of who we are with them in the marketplace. Right. And, and it's, it's just been really cool to, to be able to go, man, like I never imagined doing some of this. I, I would have never imagined being on, being on podcasts or even right. being able to have conversations about this dude. So, you know, in a sense, I needed them as bad leaders to, to really help uncover the purpose and, and, and what breaks my heart, which is poor leadership. Absolutely. That's so incredible. Yeah, I mean, good for you. I mean, I've always kind of, you, you're a little bit better at the, obviously a lot better at it than me. I'm always kind of like the opposite way where I'm like, I am good at uh, not having people around. My big line is I'm all friended up, so I'm good. I have yep. some really incredible people in my life that I know that are going to be there forever. Cause we've been through some shit. Right. And yep. so, I'm cool. If you don't like what I'm, that's fine. That you can talk yeah. bad about me with others. So good on you for going out of your way to be like, hey, you know this upset me, but I love you and I still respect well, you. Well, oh, look, hey, don't 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 get it twisted though, man. Like just because I love them, don't mean we're in pro close proximity anymore, right? Like I, I've sure. got my ride or die. Like I've got my dudes that you know, thick or thin, man. That's that's who we are, right? And. And there, you know, I just say there are some people that I don't allow to have an opinion in my life. And yeah. it doesn't mean that I don't, I don't, you know, I still care about them. I still appreciate them for, for who they are, but they just don't get to have an opinion in my life. And, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. I love it. That I love that line too. Like, yeah. Dictate who has the opinion in your life. That's, I mean, hmm? who, I mean, it's true. Whose opinion matters. That's always the thing that you should probably ask yourself. Right. Um, and then that tells you how much you value those person people right away. So, um, yeah. but as we we're we're pushing up on time because I don't like to keep my people around too long because I don't got that long of a attention span myself. But who do you find? You I think everybody that searches for good leadership, and it's probably in any field. But who do you go to? Not necessarily that person, but maybe listen to their stuff or read their stuff that kind of recenters you when you're on this this leadership path. Is there anybody? Yeah. Like as, as far as reading goes, um, you know, there's, you know, I love John Maxwell stuff is, is really good. And that has a faith componentry to it. But, you know, I also love, um, I love like John Gordon and I love, um, guys like Tommy Spalding and, and different things. And, and honestly, man, like I, I just love, you know, um, uh, doctor reading like Dr. Caroline Leaf, like she's so incredible. Uh, she's a neurobiologist. Um, but the way that she studies the body and the mind and how it all works together from a cellular level is, is just really interesting because she brings it all back around to how we were made for love. Mm -hmm. And so I read a lot of her stuff, but then also, man, like I was, I was blessed to have Atlantic one of the the greatest leaders that I've ever experienced, uh, a, a man by the name of Doug Gross, who, um, when I came on board, you know, that guy would come to Knoxville and we would always go to dinner at my wife's favorite restaurant just so he could get her a to-go order so I could bring it home to her. When I had kids uh, and even still, like, in, I haven't worked at Lantech in, in almost three years. Doug has not been my boss since 2017. And whenever Doug still comes to Knoxville, he brings gifts for my kids. He calls me and, and we go to dinner at my wife's favorite restaurant and I bring her home. Uh, I bring her home to go. And, and that guy just, man, he loved me. He held me accountable. He believed in me. He encouraged me. He corrected me. Mm -hmm. And but the whole entire time, man, like I just, I just knew that, you know, Doug, Doug had my back, like no matter what, like I truly knew he loved me. And, you know, that's a guy that even still today, like I, I tell people all the time, I, I wish everybody could have a Doug Gross in their life to, to be able to go to and have conversations with. And, and, you know, he, Doug is someone who has, who has the right to give his opinion in my life. Right. So I, I got to shout him out because that's that's my dude. I love it. No, absolutely. I think it's very important to shout out people who help get you to where you are and, and have a, a real strong impact on you. Um, so I love that. And it's pretty, I mean, not, hey, everybody take notes, but I mean, it's pretty thoughtful stuff. Most people you never talk to again when you don't work for their company, right? And he still, yep. you know, remembers your kids. One, I think that's, there's a great start, right? Like, hey, how's your family? But that's pretty incredible stuff. He'll still, if he sees me traveling a lot on LinkedIn, Doug will send me messages and he'll he'll send me a text. If he sees that, like I've posted a lot that because I, I travel a lot for work. If he sees that I'm traveling a lot, he'll shoot me a text message and he'll be like, hey, how's the family? Are you getting home enough? Like, like, bro, like that, you know, and, and, you know, I was talking to one of my former employees today, like earlier today, driving home and, and catching up with him. And he called me about a challenge he's having in, in his job. And I, I really laughed and I text Doug today and I was like, it's so cool to be able to be somebody like you are for someone else. Yeah. Like, like it was so cool because like Doug, I mean, Doug keeps me in check. Hey, are you traveling too much? Do you need to be home? How's your family? Right. Like, bro, not everybody can ask me that question. No, for sure. He and can. They, and they know, and you know, especially when you know, they genuinely mean that, right? Like that's, that's pretty incredible, man. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah, man. Um, well, hey, brother, I appreciate you so much. Uh, one, for waiting for me. Again, shout out Daylight Savings Time. Let's end that so everybody's on the same schedule all the time. Yes, No please, switches. Please. Um, I appreciate you, you, you know, you coming on, you taking the time to spend with me. I'm going to end it like this, though. I think part two's got to happen. So Has to. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. 
Awesome. I appreciate that so much. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you, though, please. Yeah, uh, best place to follow me is on, if you're on Instagram, you can go to the Jonathan Darling. I'm on LinkedIn. That's where I do most of my stuff. That's the easiest place to connect with me. Or um, you can go to my website, which is uh, just www.jonathandarling.net. Perfect. I love it. Thank you so much, brother. This yeah, is man. great. It was awesome. Dude, you're so good at this, bro. Thank you. I'm just talking. I, yeah, I, I joke yeah, about it all the time, right? Yeah, I joke about it all the time. Uh, you know, the old report cards from probably kindergarten on used to say talks too much, and now we're using it. So it's yeah, just, dude, yeah, man. I love it. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. I mean, uh, not to give everybody the backstory, but that was, you know, one of the first things you're like, man, I listen to Porters and I listen to another one. And you're like, you got a real talent for that. So I appreciate that. That means a lot. Yeah, dude. So yeah, whenever, whenever, whenever part two needs to be scheduled, you let me know, man, I'm, I'm there. Maybe I, I heard you did porters in person, right? I did. Bro. Maybe we make that happen. I'm down with that. I'm down with I'll that. Cut, I'll cut, I'll cut Scottsdale. Yes, sir. Bro. I hear it's nice this time of year. It's I'll beautiful. Cut, yeah, dude. I, I travel a lot. I'll let you know when I'm headed over that way. Cause like yeah. I was just in California last week. So the next, next time I'm traveling out that way, Let's make it happen. I'll let you know. Let's do it in person. I'd love that. That'd be great. Let's roll. Absolutely. Thank you so much, brother. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, please like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, rate five stars, all that fun stuff. Be good, everybody. That's only green the way you want it. Mm, that's only